Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome everyone to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs, your host for the next hour. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and it's a beautiful August afternoon here in Colorado, and got a few storms out there, so be careful. And uh, as you're uh, making your way through the metro area or up here in Northern Colorado, and um, just so blessed to be with you this afternoon. It is the 7th of August. Uh, the first week of August is over. It just amazes me how the weeks go by so quickly. And uh, I pray that you are doing well. And I pray that you would consider calling us here on Calvary Live, 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. That'll get you to me for you to be able to ask your questions and to give your prayer requests. And that's what Calvary Live is all about for you to be able to ask questions about the Bible or perhaps uh, Christian living or how do we view things uh, that are going on all around us. And there's a lot going on around us. Uh, how to keep a, a biblical worldview, how to keep our hearts and mind on the Lord as we move forward in, uh, today and the days ahead. Uh, so I want to encourage you in that. So give me a call. All open lines right now, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand is the call-in number. I encourage you, if you're wanting to call or thinking about calling, do so now while the lines are open. And sometimes what happens as the hour goes by that the lines fill up, and we want to be able to take your call. We want to be able to talk with you. This is your show, Calvary Live, and so 303-690-3000 is that call-in number, all open lines. There's another way for you to be able to get a hold of me and that's through a dedicated text line. Most of you know that, that have listened to Calvary Live. It's a different number, 720-336-0897. I'm going to repeat these numbers throughout the show, but I would encourage you, just put those two numbers, the call-in number and the text line number. Uh, it's for texting only, that 720-336-0897. And be safe when you're texting. And as we are in between calls, We'll go to the text line as we're waiting for calls, but all open lines, again, 303-690-3000 will get you to me. Welcome everyone who's listening today live on Grace FM, two stations, 89.7 up here in northern Colorado that goes into southern Wyoming, and then also 101.7 in southern Colorado. Uh, Welcome. Give me a call. Love to hear from you guys as uh, you're making your way here Um throughout your day and this afternoon in Colorado and Southern Wyoming. Also, those of you who are listening live, Radio by Grace, 78 stations in uh, several states, and love to talk to you guys uh, as well. And then uh, those of you who are listening perhaps on uh, the mobile app or uh, on the website, uh, Grace FM, uh, I'd love for you to be able to call. You can call anywhere in the country at 303 Six nine zero three thousand is that call in number. Got a couple open lines, so be sure to grab it. 
And then those who are uh, week delayed just simply means you can call, you can talk to me, or you'll talk to me live today and then listen it, to it on your radio network, and that is Hope FM, Truth FM on the East Coast, Higher Rock Radio in Idaho, and Living Water Radio in Corpus Christi, Texas. Give me a call. Let's talk about the things of the Lord, uh, the things that are important to you. Maybe you just need encouragement. You need prayer. You want to pray for somebody. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number again. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Blessed to be with you this afternoon. We're going to go to Hawkins, Wisconsin. Scott on line one. Hey, Scott. Hello. How are you? How are you? Yeah. I'm good. How are good. you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I have a question. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52. Mm-hmm. It says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, that's in correlation to First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. I understand it's a rapture verse. Right. But Moses was commanded to make two trumpets. I believe only one trumpet was ever used, and the other was, one was for, like, war, right, and one was for gathering the people. I think you're talking but, about Numbers chapter 10, where he was told to make yeah. two silver trumpets. And I believe what I understand just reading it, um, and it's been a while since I read it, that uh, there uh, they were both used, and they would blow one trumpet to gather the troops. They would blow both trumpets, perhaps, to gather for battle, so I don't remember it just saying that it's only one trumpet that was blown. But I'd have to look at that again. You there, Scott? So one okay. trumpet wasn't blown or something. So at the last trumpet, because I've always been taught, you know, um, Calvary, obviously, um, right. with uh, the revelation, I mean, uh, the rapture being a pre-tribulational rapture, because right. of what it says in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 about um, the the one who withholds the wicked one from uh, stepping aside or being taken out of the way. Well, it, it, the last trumpet here is you correlate it with, you know, I don't think it correlates with the book of Numbers chapter 10. That was okay. given to the children of Israel to be able okay. to communicate messages uh, to them. And, and it really is an incredible study when you look at it, because uh, as they gathered the people, to gather to fellowship, to gather for war, you know, those are messages that the Lord gives to us. But when you take First Thessalonians chapter 4, um, the trumpet is there that is mentioned, and then the last trumpet of First Corinthians 15, some try to connect the two together, and they'll come up with, well, you know, the the last trumpet that's in Revelation, um, you know, the seven trumpets that are blown, and the seventh trumpet that is blown, then seven angels stand up. And it, it doesn't really say that, and um, I don't know if the, you can say for, um, for sure that there's a correlation between them. The last trumpet may be connected with the trumpet of God in First Thessalonians chapter 4, but I, I don't think it's connected with the trumpets of the angels of Revelation chapter 11. Um, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't think so either. Yeah. Um, but, but, but there's a lot, lot of trumpets throughout the Bible. Yeah, so. there, there is. And it's interesting to do a study on it, because then you also have, um, you know, Numbers chapter 10, 
the messages of the trumpet, but the trumpets were used for a message. And I think simply as we look at uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, like you said in verse 52, uh, in the moment, in the twinkle of an eye at the last trumpet, we know that 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 um, reads a little bit different. I'm trying to get to it real quick here. Um, that it says the trump of God, right? Whatever the trumpet is, it's it's going to be a message of the resurrection. It's going to be a message of the rapture of the church. So the second part of that question was, is um, so the way I understand it is the rapture basically happens at the fullness of the Gentiles, which God the Father knows the time, and only he knows the time or the hour of that, correct? Yeah. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. yeah, and the fullness of the Gentiles. So what it seems to indicate to us, and here's the thing um, that uh, to keep in mind, too, as we look at that, uh, doing a study on it, um, is that there is the, Scott, the times of the Gentile that Jesus mentions, that Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot till the times of the Gentile are fulfilled. They're in Luke's narrative of the Olivet Discourse. And then there is Romans chapter 11, uh, when the, the fullness of the Gentile has come in. I think there's two different things. The fullness of the Gentiles, when uh, many believe, uh, commentators and, and end-time prophecy teachers, that that's when the last Gentile is going to be saved. And it's like the Lord says, okay, that's it. He's taken to the church, and then the focus goes on Israel. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, the 70th week of Daniel the fullness of the Gentiles that Jesus talks about, Jerusalem being trampled underfoot, I think that you can do a study there in uh, in the book of Revelation chapter 11, and I think it correlates more with that, that as we read how uh, Jerusalem is there being taken over by the Antichrist, the two witnesses are there, and there's an interesting, let me read it to you as I get there again, and it says that, but leave out the court as John is told to measure the temple, but it has been given to the Gentiles, for they will tread the city underfoot for 42 months. So some believe that until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, that takes us to the end of the tribulation period. So you can kind of do a study on that as well. I think they're two different things. My understanding is they're two totally different things. Paul was talking about a set number of people becoming saved, uh, when the, the door for salvation was open to the Gentile, but, you know, for the Jew first and then also the Gentile. But um, as you were saying, I, I understand it exactly the way you said it. That's the way it was taught to me. Yeah, great. Appreciate you calling. Good question. Right, thank you. You bet, thank Scott. You. God bless you. You too. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Got a couple open lines. Text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. It is interesting to study those things and the trumpets and in Numbers chapter ten, the trumpets used uh, that Moses to you know to give messages. It's a great study to do. And sometimes people say, "Well, you shouldn't." You know, it doesn't. Um, it's it's not um, something that's important to study, or we can make application. We definitely can make applications in those messages, and then. Um, you know, we know the day is going to come that uh, the trump is going to blow and we're going to go home to be with the Lord. So interesting studies and all that. Let's go to 303-690-3000. When somebody hangs up, we got an open line. Text line again, 
720-336-0897. Let's go to Carlos in Florida. Hey, Carlos. How you doing, Pastor Jeff? Good. How was your weekend? Good, good. Uh, still raining. Yeah, that's what I hear. You know, it's crazy. Uh, it's uh, upper 70s, lower 80s the last three weeks or so which is great because it's, it's a really big relief because over <laughs> yeah. the whole summer it's been in the 90s, upper 90s, yeah. with like 60% humidity. So it's like <laughs> basically it, basically it's like a, a, a sauna, you know, yeah. here. Yeah, so, yeah, I know, I know. I was having yeah. lunch with uh, a couple that came up from Texas, and they went to our church and they moved a year ago. And they were saying, oh, it's so cool here in Colorado. It's so nice yeah. to, to be able to breathe. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so what do you got for me? So basically I have two things for you. Number one is a praise report, and number two is a prayer request. Okay. So the praise report is this. So I've been married for 16 years. Um, first I prayed for my wife to come to Christ, and she came to Christ about six years ago, five years ago, something like that. And then um, I've been praying for my father, mother, and sister-in-law for about 10 years, I would say, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty strongly. Um, and so basically like a month and a half ago, I've been taking my mother and father and my mother and father-in-law have been taken to church at Calvary here in Fort Lauderdale, but the Spanish version, so Spanish service, for the last maybe nine months or so, off and on. Like, every now and again, they would go. Mm-hmm. Like, they wouldn't go every week, but they would go, you know, maybe once or twice a month or whatever. But, like, the message just wasn't seeping in. And um, last night, we were watching, first we were watching the Messi game, um, and Messi uh, scored three goals, and we won. Miami won against Dallas. But then uh, after this, after the game, I was like, guys, you want to watch the service from last week that we missed, that you guys missed? And so they're like, we we watched the first half last week, and then uh, we watched the second half last night. And then after that, we were like, and this was like 12 o'clock in the morning, you know. And uh, then after that, uh, I said, are you guys tired? Because we could watch the service from this past week. So we watched the service from this past week, and after the service, um, God just spoke to me and told me, you know, to – help them to make a decision, you know, like just, um, you know, guide them. So I guided them and they accepted Christ last night. And oh, that's so cool. Uh, yeah. So not only did my sister-in-law come to Christ a month and a half ago uh, at Calvary Chapel in, Fort, in, uh, in uh, Spanish service, she came to Christ a month and a half ago, and now last night my father and mother-in-law came to Christ. That's so, so cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm reeling. I'm reeling from this victory, you know. And like, I know that there's a celebration in heaven every time somebody comes to repentance. So, I'm just grateful that God answered my prayer. It took a long time, but I'm grateful that He finally did. Yeah, that is that is so cool. So, and then you got a prayer request. Yeah, the prayer request is for them to continue their journey and to, to grow in Christ and to, yeah. um, you know strengthen their relationship with God and to have a fire for God and to, you know, uh, just uh, hunger and thirst for him. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to take, 
we're going to give thanks to the Lord and pray, but I just want, this is a good time, your your story, your testimony here, Carlos, it's just a great reminder for all of us to pray for your loved ones and don't stop praying. I mean, you, you prayed for your wife, you prayed for your uh, in-laws, you know, for 10 years for their family. And sometimes we can pray and then we give up or we stop or we think, well, it's just a natural thing that we can kind of do. And just listening to your story reminds me, I need to pray for some relatives that I prayed for, prayed for, but then it kind of stop a little bit, and I need to consistently be praying for them and for all of us to pray for the people that are linked to us in our lives, our families, that we don't stop praying. And also, the other thing, the importance, I was thinking about it, the importance of giving the gospel at services to give people opportunity. I tell people, listen, bring your loved ones, bring your friends, whoever, to church, um, and and I'll give them the gospel for them to have opportunity to respond. And sometimes it takes a little while. And pastors, we need to be reminded to give people opportunity to come to Christ uh, because sometimes people will be in a service for a while and it may be months before or even years before they give their life to the Lord, but you've given them the opportunities. There's there's prayer that's being done. It's a work of the Spirit, and, and we we want to be consistent in that. We want to always remember that God is working behind the scenes. Don't stop praying. Don't stop giving the gospel. And, you know, I was listening to Chris McCormick. He, he was uh, at a breakfast down at Calvary Church in Aurora, uh, just a neat, neat brother, pastor. He was talking about down there uh, telling us pastors about a man that sat in his congregation for six years before he gave his life to the Lord. But one day, you know, uh, again, he gave an opportunity for people to receive Christ and make a decision for the gospel. And then the guy came up afterwards and said, Pastor, you know, Chris, uh, I've made a decision. It finally clicked. So it's so good to to hear that testimony. You're you're uh, praying for your family. We're going to pray that God grows them and just um, just works in their lives in a mighty way. And Father, I thank you for Carlos, just his testimony. I thank you that uh, you have done a work in the life of his wife, uh, his wife's family, his family, uh, that you've brought salvation to them. Salvation has come to um, this family. And, and Lord, we thank you that you, you never quit. And, and I just thank you for the testimony, the importance of praying for loved ones and praying for uh, those that are uh, close to us and never stop and giving them opportunities uh, to hear the gospel, to to go to a church service where they're going to hear the word and the gospel preached. And so, Lord, I just pray you bless this family, that you would grow them. Um, I pray that you would move in their lives, that you would um, just get them uh, grounded in your word, to grow in your love and wisdom. Be with Carlos as he ministers to his family. And I just thank you for um, the encouragement he brings to us and continuing to pray for our family members and now to just um, be there to minister to them in every way. So have your hand upon Carlos, his wife, their family, and and moving forward in the things of the Lord and growing in the love of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Carlos, actually, thanks. Uh, yeah, no problem. I actually um, just wanted to uh, uh, say one thing. Like, 
when uh, I, I just thank God for the boldness to be able to talk to them because I've always been kind of reserved when it comes to their relationship with God. Like, I haven't really ex- appro- approached them about it. I've taken them to church, but I haven't really, like, spoken to them on a deep level. And I actually just thank God for the boldness boldness last night to kind of, like, you know, actually speak to them and ask them, you know, where are you guys going when you die? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how the whole conversation got started. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. finally they, they ended with the sinner's prayer and they actually accepted Jesus. So I just Amen. I thank God for the boldness to, to be able to speak to them. And I pray that he continues to give me boldness to speak to not only my family, but people around me that don't yeah. know the gospel, don't know God, you know, don't know. That Jesus. is so cool. Yeah. Sometimes Satan sells us this bill of goods that we can't speak the gospel or speak into people's lives. And we just yeah. need to be sensitive to the leading of the Lord and not be afraid. And, you know, I felt that way, you know, kind of reserved and all of that. But it's just that to, to learn to strike up those conversations to, you know, get people thinking and, and opportunities and as the Lord leads. So that's great. Thanks, Carlos. Appreciate it. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. God bless you. And you uh, too. thank you for all you do out there. You bet. It's a pleasure. All right. All right. 303-690-3000. Witness to your friends, you know, witness to them. Don't be afraid. You know, it, it doesn't that we argue with them. Arguing doesn't do anything. But, you know, I had somebody not long ago say, I don't believe in God. And I asked them, then what do you believe in? And just, you know, uh, letting them talk it out and to be able to give some things for them to think about and, and uh, to be able to minister in that way. So, uh, you know, we can do that. We don't have to argue. We don't have to um, you know, some people will be hostile, and we know when it's time to shut it off, but just to pray and be sensitive to the leading of the Lord. Thank you, Carlos, for that testimony. Hey, we got an open line, 303-690-3000. Grab it. Let's go to Corpus Christi, Texas. Rose? Rose? Yes. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. So you're my first call from Corpus Christi since you guys joined us on Calvary Live oh. with Living Water Radio. So thank you for calling. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I have two questions. Well, okay. I, Go ahead. I was listening to Carlos, and that's awesome that he was able to lead his family. Yeah, that is awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I, I do want to give a praise report, and then I have two questions. Um, the Lord has been so good. He uh, blessed us with a, a home. We bought a home, and uh, I had been in relationships where they always bought everything, and, and I was able to buy my furniture, pay it off on my own, and I got the house on my well with my son-in-law and my daughter because I was pushing them to to buy a home instead of throwing their money away every month on something that was not going to be theirs, but. My son-in-law and I were able to get a home together, and I just want to praise God because He made that happen. Yeah, that is wonderful. So, yeah. yeah. So my my two questions are: um, I heard it somewhere. I've never read it, but you were in the garden. Was there other people outside of the garden? Well, whatever you read, I heard you that somewhere. Yeah. No, and... I didn't. I never read it in the. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing. You're bringing up, Rose, a very good question, because there's a lot of people that think, well, there's other civilizations, you know, besides Adam and Eve. And um, there's, you know, other um, Christian circles that might suggest that for different reasons. 
maybe the reason is because they believe in some kind of theistic evolution and stuff, and and that's a whole discussion. But what the Bible tells us that Adam and Eve were in the garden. That's where um, you know human um, kind began, and then they began to have children. And of course, uh, Abel and Cain were two of them. But there's no indication whatsoever that there was any other civilizations that were created or were out there as a result of of evolution. So it's not in the Bible. The Bible's clear that, you know, Eve, it means beginning, Adam, the first man, um, that they were in the garden, and, of course, they're the ones that sinned. And then, of course, uh, we have a fallen world, and as Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, that sin entered and uh, death to every man because of Adam. He's our headship. So there's there was no other civilizations out there. That's um, People suggest that or they write about that, but um, it's not biblical. Okay. So where Cain and Abel, where did their wives come from? Well, obviously, you know, the gene pool, <laughs> the gene pool was very pure back then. And to keep in mind that Adam and Eve being the first man and woman, that they had uh, Cain and Abel, but the Bible uh, doesn't say if they had other children, um, they lived a long time. you got to remember that people lived to be 700, 800 years old. So um, obviously they would end up marrying their sisters. Um, it could have been because life was so long that um, they didn't marry their sisters, but, but somehow uh, down the line uh, as the population began to grow, obviously, um, you know, the gene pool being uh, pure, um, that that seems where it seems to indicate that they had sisters and they uh, would begin to populate through that. So uh, that's the conclusion that we have. Okay. I didn't mean, I mean to jump beyond that one because I was like, well, wait a minute. But anyway, okay, I understand that, that part. Now, when Jesus says he's the son of David, I know there's a genealogy somewhere, but where does that come from? Yeah, good question. It's a good question because it um, it kind of comes up, you know, um, it reminds me of somebody said, well, we don't really need to read the Old Testament, but uh, it is important for us to read the Old Testament because back in Second Samuel chapter 7, I believe, is that David wanted to build uh, God a temple. He, he, he said, here I am in, in my house. Uh, David was at the height of his reign. Uh, he had uh, his kind of palace, if you would. Here I am in this palace, and, and the Ark of the Covenant was in a tent. So he says, I want to build you a temple. So he mentioned it to Nathan the prophet. Nathan said, do all that's on your heart, David. And as he did, he, the Lord came to Nathan and said, you spoke too soon. You need to go back to David and tell David he's not going to build the temple because his hands are bloodied. Uh, he's a man of war. It's going to be his son, Solomon, who's a man of peace that's going to build the temple. So he goes back and he says, David, sorry, I, I spoke too soon. I, I shouldn't have. You're not going to build the temple. But God told me your son's going to build the temple. But he, God says that he is going to build, you know, uh, he's going to establish the Messiah that's going to sit on your throne. And it's going to be a throne that's going to last forever. So that's the, the covenant God made with David, that through your line, David, is going to come Messiah. Messiah is going to sit on your throne. It's going to be a throne that's going to be established forever. So when you go to the Gospels, 
the Jews knew that the Messiah was going to come from the line of David. That was the promise. So that's why they would call out and they would say, Son of David, Son of David. It was a messianic term that they used, um, meaning that uh, that um, he comes from the line of David. He's the greater than David. Uh, but it just comes from Second uh, Samuel chapter 7, that promise. So you might want to look at that. And, of course, David was overwhelmed, and he just began to worship the Lord in that. So good questions. Hey, keep in touch, Rose. Okay, keep asking questions. Love to hear from you guys from Corpus Christi. You heard the music. We got an open line, I believe. So grab it, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you have joined the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday, the 7th of August. And kids are getting ready to go back to school. I know that um, down in the metro area, there's... Uh, some kids going to be starting this week. So we want to pray for our students. We want to pray for our teachers. We want to pray for the school year. I know that here in the Greeley area, I think that perhaps uh, that some have started, but most of the kids are going to be going back next week. And it's an important time of the year for us to encourage our kids. But I also want to encourage you in this, as our kids go back to school, that bring your kids um, to church as well. Bring them to a place where they can be encouraged in the Lord and grow in the Lord. Uh, here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, we've got an incredible uh, children's ministry that ministered to your children at their level. Youth group, uh, we'll be doing young adults. If you're going to the college campus, listen, if any of you are, are headed to the university or college, make sure that you get involved in a good campus ministry. Find a church there where you're going to school where you can grow. You're going to need it because uh, the university can be difficult and challenging. And uh, it, for all of us, it, what culture brings to us, trying to pull us away from our faith. So I just want to encourage you in that. And uh, here in Greeley, we got uh, the University of Northern Colorado. We got Ames uh, Community College, which is, I think, the largest community college uh, in the state. And so a lot of young people um, make sure that you are staying connected uh, to a church uh, that is going to help you, encourage you to grow, to have fellowship with other um, people that you um, can be encouraged in, uh, young adults or college ministry. And uh, and then let's be praying for kids. And, and be sure to you know make it a priority to not only use you minister to your kids as parents and grandparents, but put them in a place and take them to a place we're going to be encouraged in the Word of God. So just want you to know that. Um, you can check us out here in Greeley, CalvaryChapelGreeley.org, and all the ministries that take place during the week. We want to go to the phone lines. All lines are full right now. Just remember as we make our way through the second half of the show that when somebody hangs up, that there's an open line. So let's go to Mike and Cheyenne. Hi, Mike. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good. Hey, uh, my question for today is uh, reading through First Peter two twenty four, last line: "By whose stripes you were healed." 
And then again in Isaiah 53, 5, with the stripes you were healed. We have some family members that um, have been diagnosed with diseases and whatnot, and basically standing on those two verses, um, you know, Jesus shed his blood for us, not only for our salvation, but for healing also. And so by standing on those and believing that they are healed, that they've received that healing, because these are past tense words, um, and not seeing those manifest in the natural, physical eyes, is that um, a lack of faith on our end? Or yeah. is it uh, more of Jesus' timing and God's timing? Well, I, there's there's some circles of Christianity in the faith movement that will use those verses, by his stripes who are healed, and, and Peter pulls it out as he is talking to, um, in Second Peter chapter 2, He's speaking about Jesus who bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we have died to sin and that we might live for righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. I personally believe it's primarily speaking about spiritual healing. Um, And there may be some dimension of physical healing. I mean, God does heal, but ultimately all of us are going to be physically healed when we get our new resurrected bodies. I do not believe that those who use those verses to say, well, it's speaking of physical healing, and if you don't receive that healing, the person you're praying for, then you don't have enough faith. Um, healing is something that God does, is the work of God, uh, but to say that you have to have enough faith, um, it, that's destroyed so many people's faith in the Lord because uh, the Lord has chosen to ultimately heal them by taking them home you know, to be with him. But, you know, to to say that you didn't have enough faith, I mean, look at Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle had, you know, a thorn in the flesh, and he asked God, he prayed to God for healing, to take it away three times. And the Lord said, Paul, no, my grace is sufficient. So the Lord didn't bring healing to Paul. Are we going to say that Paul didn't have enough faith? Um, so I think it's just a, a very... Um, to, to me, it's just so unfortunate to tell somebody that your loved one that you're praying for or yourself you're praying for healing, they haven't received healing because you didn't have enough faith. Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So how much faith do you need? Faith is putting it in the hands of the Lord. Lord, we believe that you can heal. We believe that you're, um, we can ask because you invite us to ask. And then just trust the Lord with it. But to, to say that it's up to you um, to have enough faith is not biblical. And I think it's actually cruel to tell somebody that you didn't have enough faith. Um, I've heard even as we've been praying, I remember being in a prayer meeting with a group of people praying for somebody who had cancer, um, that they said that uh, God cannot be glorified unless he answers our prayer and this person is healed. God can be glorified through death the death of a saint. He can be glorified in the testimony of that person who has the testimony of the Lord takes me home, I'm going to go home. And precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And it's hard to see loved ones go through suffering and pain. And and of course it is. Um, and we want to see healing, but God doesn't heal every time. Um, and God chooses not to heal physically on this side of eternity, but ultimately we receive the ultimate healing when we go home to be with the Lord. And it's because of the spiritual healing that we have by his stripes, 
we have been healed. We now have eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, I appreciate it. Anything else, Mike? No, nope, that was it. Okay, keep praying, keep praying, but trust in the Lord. And it, the okay. healing is the work of the Lord. Okay? Yes, agreed. Right. Thank you. You bet, absolutely. I, I've run into those so much that say that you got to have enough faith, and, you know, or if you don't, that person isn't healed because it's your fault, because you don't have enough faith. And uh, God is a merciful, compassionate God, but that's that's a false teaching of the faith movement that has been out there, and um, it has done a lot of damage to the faith of people. Um, we can trust him, and uh, we can look to him, and um, he does heal, and sometimes he doesn't. And we can trust him with everything that we lift up to the Lord. Let's go to Everett in Baltimore. Everett? It's Yvette. Yvette. I am so sorry. I read it wrong. How are you, Yvette? All right. Thank you so much. I enjoy listening to your program. Um, okay. Uh, I've been walking in the spirit, and it has been quite amazing. Now, I've reached out to someone, and um, I was also glad to share these fruits of the spirit with them. Okay, after um, they got what they needed, they disappeared. Now, but then they came back, let's say 90 days later, to ask for something else. So uh, God put it on my heart to let go and let them figure out what they need to do. Now, what I want to know is what does the Bible say about that? Well, the fruit of the Spirit, Paul talks about that in the book of Galatians. He says, walk in the Spirit, that you shall not be fulfilled the the lust of the flesh. And he contrasts the works of the flesh versus the, the work of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. Um, it's interesting um, that that's singular. So the, the fruit of the Spirit is love that consists of joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against there is no law. So you're walking in the Spirit. A born-again Christian should walk in the Spirit. And then um, there is walking in the flesh. And, you know, that's that's how we can tell the difference. We also know that um, there is uh, a, the, like in Colossians, there is... Um, there is in Colossians, um, for example, in Ephesians, Paul writes in the prison epistles that, you know, you're to put on Christ and, and gentleness, kindness, those kinds of things, and then also to put off the worldly things. So I'm not quite sure, you know, that's what the Bible has to say, uh, how we can tell if somebody's walking in the Spirit or somebody really is walking in the direction of the Lord uh, being sensitive to the Lord, walking in a godly ways, the contrast is there given to us in the scriptures. Okay. Um, well, uh, the person tries, but it's like they 
go back to their own will. It's yeah. it's like their way. So it doesn't work, does it? No, because I know you have to obey God. You got to understand that if you want peace and change, you have to obey God, even if it don't feel right. Yeah, and and you're bringing up a very important point, uh, Yvette, that obedience is very important for us, and Walking in the Spirit means you're going to be yielded to the Lord. It's walking in that newness of life that Paul talks about in the book of Romans, you know, um, that we walk in the newness of life. Uh, We're not going to walk after sin, uh, desiring to live, you know, in godly wisdom. And here's the thing about godly wisdom. Godly wisdom is just not knowing God's Word, how we are to live, but it is having it worked out in your life. We know that walking in the Spirit is is not just trying harder, you know, in the flesh. It is yielding to the Lord and surrender to the Lord. And that's why uh, we have the Holy Spirit of God in our hearts and in our lives, because He's going to help us to live a life that we can't do in the flesh. So there's a yielding, there's a, um, a trusting, there is uh, asking God, help me, help me to walk in the Spirit. And all of us as believers, we have the Spirit of God that is in us to help us to live a life that he wants us to. But we, we can't say, well, I'll do my own thing and go my own way, um, because then you're going to be walking in the flesh. And it reminds me of Galatians. You know, Galatians talks about walking in the Spirit, but then in the next chapter says, don't be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, he shall also reap. For he who sows to the flesh is going to reap corruption, and he who sows to the Spirit will reap everlasting life. So if you walk after the you know, flesh, you're going to reap corruption. Uh, and this is a law for every single one of us. No one's exempt from it. And if you walk after the Spirit of the Spirit, you're going to reap everlasting life. And God wants us and wants to enable us to you know, and it's given us the power by the Spirit, walking in that newness of life, to walk in the Spirit, and um, to be able to have, you know, that fruit that is produced in our lives as we're abiding in Him and abiding in His Word. So it's just submission and yielding and trusting and depending upon Him. Absolutely, um, and you know, it's like God gave me the courage to just. Turn the other cheek. Yeah. Um, yeah, just keep, you know, as you talk with them, just keep encouraging them to, you know, God wants to do so much in your life. And, um, you know, he brought us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And he didn't bring us out of the darkness into his light uh, just so we can go walk in the darkness. But we're to walk in that newness of life, that spirit-filled life, that the Lord has for us. And that's what the whole thing called sanctification is all about, just uh, walking in the newness of life, dead to sin, right? Dead to sin, dead to self, uh, living for Christ, walking in the Spirit. Yeah, yeah, because it's like they run away. They run away and they shut down and they don't want no communication. Yeah. Well, they can't uh, run away from God. 
so you can keep praying for them and and why don't we do that right now lord i just pray for yvette i thank you for her call and she's ministering to to um those who are linked to her in their life and perhaps they run away or don't listen or you know where their hearts are at you know where they're um at spiritually and so lord um they can't run away from you so uh, these individuals that Yvette has been ministering to and talking to them about the fruit of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit, I just pray that you would minister to their hearts, um, that you would just help them to yield to you, draw them to yourself. And Lord, uh, I pray that uh, Yvette would be able to continue to minister to others and um, just uh, be with her as she prays and continues to pray for those that she's concerned about. And I just ask that you would do work in their lives, a work of the Spirit, um, as, uh, Lord, uh, we just uh, lift it all up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Yvette. Thank you so much. You are welcome so much, Yvette. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, we keep ministering to people, and then we commit them to prayer, and that's one of the things that we do, because it can be hard, you know, praying and, uh, you know, God wants, you know, to bless your life. He wants you to walk after him. Uh, he desires for you to trust him and just keep praying for people. And sometimes we see that they don't always do that. So um, just keep praying. Don't give up. So let's go to, hey, 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines. That's the call-in number, the text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven and Jeff was on the line. He had to drop. Sorry, Jeff. I know that you were holding. Um so we actually got all open lines. So grab one of those open lines. We got time in the show to grab one of those open lines. But Jeff was holding. He wanted prayer for strength and guidance and just uh just struggling with depression. And Lord, you know all about Jeff and Aurora. Um, I'm sorry that we weren't able to talk to him, but we do lift him up to you right now. And you know who he is. I pray that you would just strengthen him, guide him, help him with just the challenges that he's facing and and just the depression that that he's going through. I pray that you would just pull him out of this pit of depression and that you would just um, be the lifter of his head. Um, it is so hard when... Uh, even as David would write that, why are you cast down, O my soul? And he's feeling cast down. I just pray that you would just uh, minister to him, um, bring comfort to his heart, bring strength and guidance in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. So, Jeff, we're going to be praying for you. So uh, all open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is... The call-in number, text line 720-336-0897. We do have a text message. I think it's an important question um, that um, that gets asked. Uh, it's come up actually a couple times over the last couple months uh, from those in the fellowship asking me. But the question is, did the first 11 chapters of Genesis uh, really happen, or is it an allegory? And we can say with certainty that it really happened. It's very unfortunate that there's even um, some um, denominations that I've heard that have uh, adopted that, while we don't really hold the first 11 chapters of Genesis 
as being inspired. And it's very unfortunate because the first 11 chapters of Genesis are very, very important uh, because it's the beginning. It tells us about how man sinned. Sin came into the world. The first promise of Messiah, Genesis chapter 3, that there's two genders, uh, male and female, uh, gives us the uh, definition of marriage, that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, um, that God ordained marriage. There's so much that is there, and it tells us how God is the creator and how he created us. So Paul would write to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter 3, that all scriptures is by inspiration of God, or God breathed and put to the page. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So from Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, uh, all the way to the end of the book of Revelation. That is inspired. Uh, Paul did not say, well, the first 11 chapters uh, are not inspired. It's just an allegory. Uh, so I think it's very much um, a mis- uh, just uh, unfortunate that there are those who believe that it's just an allegory and uh, that there are circles of Christianity that believe that as well. Um, it is inspired. It It's very important for us to understand the verse 11 chapters of Genesis because it tells us how sin came into the world and that sin and death came because of the fall of Adam, because of the sin of Adam, Romans chapter 5, to understand the gospel we need to understand the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Uh, so very important uh, that we understand. And plus, remember this, that uh, Jesus would believed in the first 11 chapters. He quoted from Genesis chapter 2. He said that in the beginning, have you not read when they came and asked him about marriage and uh, divorce, uh, the Pharisees? He said, have you not read that in the beginning he made them male and female? Jesus believed in Adam and Eve. And he said that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So he gives a definition of marriage, Genesis chapter 2 as well. We also know that Paul would quote from Genesis chapter 2, and also Jesus would speak about his resurrection, um, and um, or he would speak about, um, you know, that in the last days, excuse me, that in the days of Noah shall be like the coming of the Son of Man, and that's in the first 11 chapters. So Jesus believed in the first 11 chapters of Genesis, pointed to it, and I'm going to believe Jesus. So it is very important that we understand that it is inspired by God. It's very important for us to understand that. 303-690-3000, still got all open lines if somebody wants to get in a quick phone call. Um, you can do so, 303-690-3000. But in the meantime, we're going to continue to go through um, the text line. There's somebody, John from Greeley. Uh, thanks, John, for texting. Um, who are the two witnesses? Are they two groups of people or two individuals? Uh, good question. It seems to indicate in Revelation chapter 11 that they are two individuals, um, and they're in Jerusalem. It's the middle of the tribulation period. And as we read about the two witnesses— uh, I'm going to read it to you for the sake of our readers. But the two witnesses, as they are there, um, these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before God in the earth. That's a reference to Zechariah chapter 4. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth, devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. 
These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls on the days of their prophecy, and they have the power over waters to turn them to blood and strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. So it seems to be that as he gives power to my two witnesses, they will prophesy 1,260 days. That's three and a half years, you know, clothed in sackcloth. So they're going to be on the scene the first half of the tribulation period, and they're going to be there in Jerusalem. Uh, It seems to indicate to individuals and many Bible teachers and scholars of end-time prophecy believe that it's going to be, first of all, the two witnesses. One's going to be Moses, um, uh, uh, and one's going to be Elijah. Everyone pretty much agrees on Elijah because that's his ministry. Fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemy. Um, so, you know, Elijah called down fire from heaven. Um, also, many believe that it's Moses because he's the one that would, you know, turn water into blood and strike the earth with the plagues. Some believe that perhaps that it is Enoch because uh, Elijah and Enoch were raptured to heaven and it's appointed once for man to die, then the judgment. Um, uh, you know, there's going to be a whole generation of Christians that are going to be raptured that we're not going to taste death. I hope we are the generation. So probably Moses and Elijah, they're the law and the prophets. They were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration um, and talking to Jesus um, about his death. Uh, so I think that perhaps um, that that's uh, what we see there. So we got a couple minutes. We're going to go to Todd in Aurora. Hi, Todd. Good afternoon, Pastor Jeff. Um, I just want to give a, a real good praise report. Um, I've been going to Calvary Aurora for like five or six years, and I go to the morning uh, prayer group. And our group has been praying for my wife, Lisa. Um, my wife and I have been yeah, unevenly yoked for over 30 years. And just the, these past six months or so, um, she has given her life to Christ. Um, she did see the Jesus Revolution movie. She did see the Chosen movie. And um, she is praying with me and just a... Uh, a big transformation and um i've been loving her and and praying for this for many many years and i heard a gentleman earlier that was on the show praying for um his his family family. Mm -hmm. and it it, it does work power prayer does work and and praise god todd i i know that your heart's just filled with joy and um, and we're just going to give thanks to the Lord as we end the show today. But I appreciate that testimony because there are others that are out there. You know, they've prayed for loved ones for years and years and years, and you did for 30 years, you said. And um, and all of a sudden God worked, and um, that, just, that just blesses my heart. We start the show with Carlos in Florida talking about uh, his family that came to Christ. He prayed for them for a decade you prayed for three decades for your wife, and, you know, just uh, we don't want to stop, do we? We don't want to quit. And uh, it, it just it convicts me that, okay, I need to make sure that I'm praying for— I got relatives that don't believe and family members, and they keep praying for them. So thank you for your testimony and, and this wonderful um, testimony of God's faithfulness and bringing your wife to um, where she's just— uh, 
walking with the Lord. And Father, we thank you for Todd. I thank you for the time that he has. Um, just take the time to call and tell us and encourage us. I thank you for the work that he, you did in his wife's heart and drawn her to you. And Lord, I just pray that you continue to bless her, encourage her. Um, just be with Todd as he leads his family. And Lord, just continue to do amazing things and wonderful things. So um, we just thank you for today. And we thank you for the testimonies of those who pray for their loved ones. And it just reminds us how we are to continue to do that and not give up because it's easy to give up. We we think you're not listening, uh, but you are listening and you are working and to trust you with that. So I thank you for his persistence. I thank you for Todd's testimony um, and encouragement to us. And just pray that you bless him and his wife uh, as they move forward together in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Todd. God bless you. you. Yeah, God bless you. Hey, we're at the end of the show, and um, um, and you know, just it's it's a good reminder to end on uh, that we need to keep praying uh, for our loved ones. We need to keep praying for um, those that are here connected to us and stuff. So, you know, we didn't get to everybody. I'm so sorry, Emma. We didn't get to you. I know you, uh, you just called in. But I'll be back tomorrow at the same time. So call with your questions and your prayer requests. The Calvary Live will be back. And, and just what a privilege to be able to hear your testimonies, to be able to answer your questions, to be able to pray for you. So Calvary Live will be back tomorrow at the same time. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.